it's probably been 15 years ago when the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and said, you're going to start a church and it's going to be called Abiding Word Fellowship Church. I said, okay, I wrote that down on a piece of paper and I stuck it in the drawer beside my bed and it stayed in that drawer for five years or more. I really kind of forgot about it. And then then one day we started really thinking about, you know, we, we want to go ahead and start an outreach church. Um, I really didn't have any support doing it, so we kind of did it on our own. And this is where we are today. Uh, we started it as Abiding Word Fellowship Church in Claremore. And then Claremore, we moved to Owasso, just right down the street. Most of you know that already. And then we moved to it three other times and have ended up here. And this is the best facility that we've had yet this facility to grow in. And so when the Lord told me that I was going to start this church, it was it was years after that he told me. I, I just really kind of put it on the back burner and just waited because I was so involved in other things. I was at Rama going to school at the time and, and other things were going on. And when you have small kids at home and things like that, your life just gets so busy. Well, I had kind of an agreement with the Lord that I would start this church, and within a couple of years, I'd have a pastor set in place because I'm a real good starter of things. I've actually started, helped start over 14 churches overseas that we put pastors in place of those churches, and then, and then I can move on to other things. This has been the biggest challenge that I've ever had, even though it's a small church, because I had in my mind that I would pastor about two years, and then God would help me put somebody in place. I actually had another fellow that was that was really set up for that, and it, and it didn't work out. He's actually at another church now, and so it just kind of it just kind of messed me up. I just went, "What in the world am I doing? You know, where are we going?" Um, and it began to get more and more frustrating as the time went on because I thought I wasn't listening. I thought I wasn't following the Lord. I thought, man, where, where am I supposed to go with this? But the Lord set me in place and he gave me the grace to get through the past 10 years of something that was really not on my mind to do. Um, I want to honestly tell you, I feel like that, that my attitude in the past five years has not been just all that great. And I think some of you probably would agree with me, and some of you would say, no, Mark, you've just been fine. But my attitude has really not been that great because I've, I've thought for so long that I am standing in a place where I should not be. And I've really, the Lord's really had to put me back in my place and Him saying, you know, I'm not ready for you to go. I'm not ready for you to step down because the person coming up and coming up from you was not ready. And so we went through all this time preparing for what we're doing this year. And I'm really excited about it because it opens up really what's on my heart and what I should be doing. The reason why I started this church was for an outreach to the Philippines, and most of you don't know that. And those of you who do have probably forgotten, I actually started this church to fund the Philippines. Did anybody know that or know now? That's really why I started this church is to fund the Philippines, and I never could get this church on board. And I think it was because I was so busy trying to build this church that I really forgot about what was important to me and really why I did it. And so we went years just trying to build it, trying to build it, trying to build it, trying to, you know, try, just trying to get people to come in the door. And, and I forgot about what God had really led me to do. So I never did get you guys on board. Uh, we have the Mexico uh, stuff that's going on, and ben, ben will be here pretty soon 
uh, in a couple of months. Uh, so don't forget about that. He'll be, he'll, be, he'll be visiting us. But I knew there was something else that needed to happen. I knew there was something else. And I began talking with Kate about it and, and Beth about it, and Gene and I just began talking back and forth. And Kate finally said, Dad, you know, I, I feel like I'm called more to this church than what I'm doing. And it was such a relief to me, such a relief, because I knew that Kate had it within him to do actually more than just praise and worship. I'm not saying praise and worship is not important, because it is. And it's great here. We have one of the best praise and worship teams ever in this, in this whole community. But I knew that something else needed to happen, and Cade finally succeeded to the fact that he was ready. And so what I'm doing is I am, I am stepping down as your lead pastor, and, but I'm staying here. Don't look at me like, now what are you doing? Where are you going? I am stepping down as lead pastor, and Cade is coming up as lead pastor, and Gene and I are going back into the field where we belong. Gene and I have already scheduled a trip. We're going to be gone for over three weeks to the Philippines in September. We're funding our own trip. We're not asking you to fund anything. We're funding our own trips because we're going to open that back up and hope that you guys will get on board with us. So we're going to be gone most of September to this, to several different islands to open this back up to this church. Now, in other words, Mexico is still intact here, but I want to try and get you guys on board where we belong. Now, as I've said that, I know that we've had some people that, that heard the rumor that I was stepping down and they're not coming to church anymore. Not very many. I want you all to listen to me. God called you to this church. It's not like Gene and I are leaving because we're mad or because the board fired us or, or, or there's nothing negative in this whole situation. It's time to let the next generation come up. And I am willing to do that. There are some pastors that will not just let the generation come up and the church dies. I, I really sense in my heart that this, where we're getting ready to go, is actually where the church has been called. Now, you have the choice to stay here or not. But if you go out of the attitude of, well, I'm not staying here because of this change, or you quit coming to church, you are in the wrong attitude. If God calls you to another church to serve, that's another thing. But if you're in the attitude, well, I, I don't like change, which a lot of people don't. I don't like change. I'm going somewhere else. You're in the wrong attitude, and you're going to go somewhere, and you're not going to be happy there either. So you might as well stick it out here where God has called you to. It just really breaks my heart to see, pe to see people say, well, I'm not going to go to church while all this is going on, and I might come back. Guys, that's dumb. Don't be in Mark's dumb category. <laughs> Another thing was, is because my attitude, I know my attitude has been, as we have gone through so much in the past two or three years, my attitude has just not been very good. And I've noticed that none of you are inviting people to church anymore. We have not had any growth in over two years. 
Some of you are not even able to come to church once or twice a month, which some of you have been here for years and you have just kind of faded out. I began talking to the Lord about that and I said, Lord, if it's anything I have done, please forgive me. And he said, it's not what you have done, it's that you have just not had the attitude of growth. As Cade and I have begun talking, Cade has an attitude of growth. He has already got so many plans that I just let him plan on <laughs> because I've got plans and they're a little different. Cade is going to be a little different than me. How many of you realize that? Kate is going to be a little different than me. But the thing is, is you guys can't get rid of me because I am coming back up on stage every once in a while. I'll be back up here uh, next week starting my new series, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And then Chris Rose will be here for two Sundays and then I'll be back. It's not like I'm not going to be up here, but guys, we have got to have a new beginning and this is it. I need you to be on board with us. I need you to realize that this is what we're called to do. Don't get a big old frown on your face and there's nothing to cry about. There's nothing to whine about. There's nothing to leave this place and go, well, I don't know. Okay, it's kind of mean. He's meaner than Pastor Mark. That's impossible. Somebody told him the other day, well, when you preach, it's like hitting us with a pillow. I guess that means when I preach, it's like hitting you with a two by four. <laughs> Here's what I'm asking you to do. I am asking you to climb aboard and let's ride this train together. I'm asking you to, to begin to invite people to your church because you know that this is a new beginning. We're going to go through this, this transition. Gina and I are going to be here with you in this transition. We're going to see this church take off the way it should. Kate is going to become the best preaching pastor in this community. And why? Because he's from me. <laughs> Why? Because he's led by God the same way I am. I am I, this is my church, and I am going to help take this church to the next level. You're going to see me here. You're going to hear my loud voice. Every once in a while, I'm going to be back up here. We're not going to tell you what Sunday I'm going to be back up here, so you'll be here. We're, we're just going to take this to the next level, and I'm asking you to go with us. Come on, give me a big amen if you're going with us. So now I'm going to let Cade come up. I'm passing the, the baton, which all I have is a mic, so I'm passing the mic to Cade. And I just want to introduce you to your new lead pastor. <laughs> Thanks, Dolores. Thank you. Got a standing fan back there. All right, so I'm going to cast vision today about where we're going. I don't want it to be a mystery, but first I'm going to tell you a little backstory on how I got started here at church. So 10 years ago, Beth and I had only been married a few months, and I remember my dad came to me and he said, Kate, I'm starting a church. 
and I want you to be involved. And he said, it would be a volunteer position, of course, but I want you to be the worship leader. I enthusiastically said yes. I was really excited because, you know, I was like 19 at the time. And, you know, any young man, like, thinks that they know everything. And, like, I was going to be the best worship leader around, like, starting off. You know, it didn't take long before I found out I didn't know it all. And actually, if you would have come to church back then, it was probably unbearably loud. I don't know if you guys remember that who were there. And we only sang songs because I liked them. That was about the only reason. So... Thankfully, I've grown over the past 10 years, and I owe a big part of that to my dad. You see, it was the second year of the church, and my dad had the church send me to Bible school. I didn't really want to go, but he didn't give me a choice. So, and now I know why, because where I am today is a result of the two years that I spent being consumed by the Word of God. You see, there's many other things that my dad did over the past 10 years that I didn't really like at the time. You see, I was quite opinionated and thought that everybody needed to know what I thought. So I was always telling dad, we should do this with the church and we should stop doing this with the church. And one day he had enough and he sat me down and he said, Cade, you're either going to be quiet or you're going to step down from leadership. Those were the only two options. I walked away from that conversation really mad. And I was crying out of frustration and telling Beth that we were going to leave the church. Do you remember that? (laughs) But that conversation shaped me. It shaved off one of my rough edges. You see, not very many people are bold enough to call you out on something that you're doing wrong. But thank God, Dad doesn't hold back. (laughs) You see, he was willing to sacrifice because he put our relationship temporarily at odds to help me grow. And he's done that for all of us in this building. So dad, thank you for investing in me. Thank you for never taking the easy way out. And you didn't just do do this for me, you've done it for the whole church. And it's because of you that we are where we are today. Let's give him a round of applause. I know you guys feel the same way. You see, my dad was called to start this church. And a common belief is that the founding pastor has to stay the pastor until the day that he dies. But this wasn't God's plan for dad, and he knew it from the beginning. You see, he's been ready to pass the baton for years now, but there wasn't anybody to pass it to. He already told that to you guys this morning. You see, everybody would look to me all this time. I'd be like, no way. Because there was, at the time, there was nothing in me that felt called to pastor. You see, it all changed towards the end of 2017. It's like God opened a new door, and I began to see the vision of this church just as clearly as ever. You see, I didn't hold the vision for this church up to that point. But then all of a sudden, it was in me. The only problem was, I couldn't see myself as a traditional pastor, you see, in America, we have an idea that, of what pastors are, and I just couldn't see myself fitting into that. And one day I was hiking in my backyard, and I remember the Lord, he said, he said to me, he says, who says that you have to pastor like everybody else? I was like, uh, America? 
You see, this one question made me realize that God didn't call me to be someone else. He called me to be me. That's when I accepted the call to pastor this church. And I can promise you this. It's not going to look like my dad. I'm not going to pastor like my dad did. And I'm probably not going to fit into what America wants a pastor to be. But I am going to lead this church where God wants it to go. And I'm not going to limit God by trying to be somebody else. That's what I can promise you guys. So before I get into the vision, I want to go over three core values that I want us to adopt as a church. And I imagine that there's going to be more, but this is the three we're going to start with. And the first one is the comparison trap stops with us. You see, we learned about this last week. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12, it says, aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. You see, when we try to be somebody else, we limit what God wants to do in our life. And for that reason, we're not going to try to fit into man-made expectations for the church. Our goal will never be to look like the church down the street. And something else we don't do here, we do not criticize other churches. Ever. If I catch you doing it, I'm going to stop you. Because when we criticize other churches, it limits God. It doesn't matter. I mean, we can fully disagree with what they're doing, but criticizing that church is not going to help anything. If you think you're going to change that church by criticizing it, you've been misled. If they're doing something wrong, just let God handle it, and let's not talk about it. You see, even in our personal lives, every person in this room, the comparison trap stops with you. You don't compare yourself to your neighbor. You don't compare yourself to somebody else in this room. We are confident in who God has called us to be. Even if it looks a little bit different than the status quo. So first core value, the comparison trap stops with us. And the second one, we invite Jesus into our daily lives. You see Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, Jesus commanded us to go, not gather once on Sunday morning and forget about him the rest of the week. You see, there's 168 hours in the week, and if all we're doing is having a one-hour service a week, we're leaving 167 hours of the week untouched with the gospel. You see, coming together is important, but it's not the end-all, be-all. So for a long time, the church has solely focused on our one-hour weekly gathering, and even the things that we do during the week, if we do them, is to get people to come to our one-hour weekly gathering. You see, following Jesus is a lifestyle. It's not a gathering. Our weekly gathering that we do here is only part of what we do. Not the focus. You see, our focus is on teaching and making disciples in our daily lives. So we empower the church to reach others in our daily lives while they're at work, while they're at school, or wherever they are. The third core value is that we take God at his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. 
You see, we take the limits off of God by believing the entirety of his word, not just part of it. We don't leave any of it behind. We take God God at his word. If he says it, we believe it. We reject man-made rules and regulations. We often refer to that as religion. If the word doesn't confirm it, we don't waste time with it. When the word seems to contradict itself, we dig in and we find the truth because the problem is not with the word, it's with our thinking. We believe the promises of God are for us and we live in them every day. All right, so let's talk about the future of our church. I have a vision for growth, like Dad said. I want us to add at least one new weekend service each year. So our goal this year by, the, by December 2018, is that the year we're in? <laughs> I, I forget sometimes. We want to max out our current service. And what that looks like is we need 90 adults here. And whatever, however many kids that translates to, 25, 30, I don't know. You want 100 kids back there, Michelle? Okay. And then so by December 2019, we're going to max out a second service. By December 2020, we're going to max out a third service. And the reason we're doing that is because that's really the only way that we can grow in this building, and we're going to learn to maximize our resources before we move to something bigger. We're going to implement discipleship groups by this coming January, a.k.a. small groups, whatever you want to call them. We're going to have them going on on a regular basis. And we're going to implement an online ministry strategy by January. I'm not sure what that looks like yet. I'm still developing that, but we're going to be posting videos online. We're going to be sending out emails. We're going to be doing all that stuff because the internet is a tool that we can leverage to reach those other 167 hours of the week. I didn't put a time on this, but the next building that we move into, we're going to buy it or build it with cash. So when we're ready, we're going to do it. And we're not going to go in debt for it. All right, here's my vision for this facility. We're going to become the number one venue for meetings and events that host 100 people or less in Owasso. This is the place they're going to come. Because our facility is not the church, we are the church. Our facility is simply a tool for community outreach. So our facility will generate income that exceeds its expense. It will add to our financial bottom line instead of take away from it. I have a goal for our facility to be in use at least 80% of the time. That means that it's going to be used six days a week on average. And you see, people who have never heard of us are going to come to know us because they attended some event here at No Limits Community Center. And that's going to enable us to grow the kingdom. And the goal in using our facility that way, you know, it kind of like has a lot of purposes. It's going to help us to reach others. It's going to bring other people into our church. It's going to serve the community. And then it's going to enable us to pay for this building without having to pay for it. All right, let me talk about my vision for the staff. So the first hire that I wanted to do was a kids team leader. Because here's what I believe. I believe you put your money where your priorities are. And so Michelle's been volunteering all this time. And I'm happy to tell you guys that we've already brought her on staff. We've already made that decision. I know you all know that she deserves that. It's goodness. So she's going to continue to lead the kids team. And she's also going to start, 
you know, we're going to give her some time to like have this baby and relax for a little bit. And then something we've talked to her about is we want her to start a monthly youth gathering. And she's going to lead that for a little while. And then hopefully we can turn that over to somebody else in the future. So we're ready to start something for our youth too. <laughs> All right. And then the second hire I want to do is a creative team leader. And that's going to be Dylan. And what that's going to include is he's going to lead the worship and tech team, kind of like he's doing now. He's going to plan our weekend services. And he's going to focus on video production. All that stuff that we're going to be doing online, Dylan's going to be a big part of that. Because I can't do it by myself. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in video production, but by the time you like calculate the time in for shooting it, and then editing it, and then posting it, and then some kind of promotion strategy, there's a lot of time and effort involved in that, which is why a lot of churches don't do it. But we're going to do it, because that's a way that we can reach others. So my goal is to get him on staff by January 2019. And uh, the next one will be a discipleship team leader. Because if we're going to put our money where our priorities are, and we believe that small groups are a priority, then we got to bring somebody on staff to lead those small groups. And Chris has already accepted that position as volunteer at this point. Chris Wills. Um, he's going to lead the discipleship groups, and he's going to oversee a strategy around discipleship groups. You know what, what the Lord was waiting for me to get to? Like, my dad had to wait all this time for me to grow up to, to who I am today, to be ready to take on this church. And what he was waiting on was for me to realize that I can't do it all. I was like the worst micromanager you probably have ever met. Like, I can remember, like, probably when Tim first came on the worship team, I would send him a document for each song on, like, this is what I want you to play when. Was I doing that to you when you came, or had I already gotten over it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just for, yeah. So, I mean, that's where I started, and I've come to where I am today. And what I've realized is that God's called me to empower other leaders to fulfill what he's called them to do. He didn't call me to do everything. You know, he called me to lead this church right now, but he didn't call me to lead the discipleship groups. He didn't call me to lead worship as well, because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Dylan's doing an awesome job. And honestly, I didn't see it coming. That was another thing that was holding me back is like, I can't be the pastor and the worship leader. Like, that's just kind of weird. And I was like, God, you're going to have to bring somebody up. And I couldn't see anybody. I'm like, I, you know, the worship team's great, but like there was really nobody on the team that like was called to lead the team. Then all of a sudden, Dylan just like pops up. <laughs> and it's like, all right, Lord, it's all in your timing. All right, and then the... Continuing with the staff, I'm going to hire a business administrator probably by 2020 because if we're using this building 80% of the time, somebody's going to have to be managing all the cleaning and all the scheduling and all of that stuff. So, all right. And lastly, I want to tell you about my vision for myself as lead pastor because I told you I'm not going to look like your traditional American pastor. So I want to know, I want to let you know kind of what to expect. What I'm going to do and what I see my job here is to cast vision on a regular basis. Secondly, keep the church in a no-limits mindset. Because I don't know if you've realized it or not, but it's real easy to get out of a no-limits mindset and to start thinking like the world again. I'm going to lead and empower our staff and our team leaders to do what God has called them to do. I'm going to give them the tools, the resources they need. I'm going to encourage them and keep them going. And I'm going to oversee a team of teachers and preachers. Because how many of you guys know that I'm not the only one that can preach in the room? God's anointed many of you, including Dad. You're going to see him on a regular basis. 
unless he's off in the Philippines and runs off for a few months. <clears throat> but I don't believe that I'm the only one that can be up here and speak. You're going to see me probably every Sunday casting vision, but you're not, I'm not going to be up here speaking every Sunday. But the, subject, the subjects that God has anointed me to speak on, if you've noticed, finances is one of them, because that's what I've talked to you guys about the last five times that I've been up here. And I don't know if it's over yet. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. No, no, you're going to stay up here. Just go ahead and stay up here. We're going to pray him in this morning. How about that? I see such great things coming to this church. I mean, I, I was sitting down there and I was thinking, oh my goodness, I had to wait this long for this. <laughs> I see such great things come to this church. I'm just, I'm, I'm asking all of you right now to keep your attitudes straight. Keep your attitude straight. Keep your attitude in love. Don't leave because you're frustrated. Stay because this is where you've been called to. I just want to say right now that, that you've got a strong, you've got a strong pastor and, and his wife and his kids. He, he, he just follows the Lord and he is financially so stable in his mind and in his heart. He's going to bring this church with him. You might as well decide right now that you've got a, you've got a pastor. Your new pastor is so, he, God has given him such a vision in finances that it's going to just ooze all over you. It's going to ooze all over you. If you've been concerned about your finances, don't be concerned about it anymore. You're headed up. You're headed up, my friend. I just, man, I can see these things going on. I can just see this place is going to fill up, but it's going to fill up with people with a good attitude and a good heart and a good, we're not going to fill up with people that cause problems. We're going to fill this place up with people that are going to follow the Lord. And that's it. So I'm just going to, I'm just want to stand up here right now and Cade and say, I hand this to you because God is before you. You can't do this on your own. You already know. If you try to do anything on your own, you're going to get very frustrated. You have a group of people that are with you. These people are going to be with you. They're going to be for you. And they're going to follow you where you're going. But first, they're going to follow the Lord. Never follow a man. He would never expect you to follow him. So right now, I'm just speaking over you as the founder of this church. This church is going to go on. It is going to go like it never has gone before. We're going to see new people come into this place. We're going to see, we're going to reach places, John, that you cannot even imagine that we're reaching. We're going to reach more people outside of the community than we have ever. We're going to reach all around the world simply because God is first in this place.